Hi, and welcome to the Expansive Podcast. Eric and I are excited to be with you today. For those of you who might not know us, we are the Expansive series of podcasts, in-depth discussions designed to help you break through and expand your thinking. My name is John Sane. I'm an author, a future strategist, and a keynote speaker. With me is Eric Kruger, my co-host. He is an executive coach, author, and speaker. And we have a very special, special podcast for you today because it's all about Eric's new book. Eric, how are you doing, my friend? You got to, whoever's not watching this on YouTube and listening to it, um, he's got a smug look on his face because finally, <laughs> after 14 years, the book is out. Dangerous is out. Hello, Eric. Hey, brother. How are you doing? I'm happy to sit you back in Dubai um, with all your podcast equipment this time. <laughs> that, was, that was a bit of a dig, uh, just to let you all know that one of us went to Thailand for the month and didn't take the mic or the camera. What an amateur podcast co-host. We won't say who it was. But um, anyway, uh, my apologies for that. But yes, we are on the air again today. What's up, Eric? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, brother. Um, it's good. Uh, I'm, I'm really happy that April is drawing to a close because um, geez, it's, it's just like, it's a forced sabbatical for everyone. And in some ways, <laughs> that's, that's great. Mini December. Mini December. Yeah. But for those of us who feel like we just need to go and like we have things to do, it kind of gets in the way. Big so, uh, yeah, but, but the seasons have definitely changed. Um, the sun is setting in different parts of the mountain yes. now. Yes. Uh, it's cold, it's, but I'm loving it. Um, my first winter in Cape Town, so I'm looking forward to that part as well. What's happening for you? Welcome back to uh, uh, civilization. Dubai, I, I, yeah. I remember, well, Thailand was quite civilized. You can't say that about civilized. Well, I no, I mean like, off the island. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. yes. yes yeah, yeah. For all our Thai listeners, you didn't mean anything by that. <laughs> we don't have any Thai listeners, so we're all good. We're all good. Um, uh, very good. I remember living in Cape Town. I remember the sun setting kilometers apart you know mm. from summer to winter and i think what's the what's the stat that the earth tilts 22.5 degrees or 23 degrees between winter and summer and the summer sunset would actually set behind the one building and a winter sunset would set like on the other side because i was and i had an ocean view so yeah mm. it's quite dramatic in cape town when you see the different ways the sun sets throughout the year you know but either yeah. way um i'm back in dubai uh, it's a ramadan here ends with with aid the new year uh, happening on monday or tuesday very exciting everybody's upbeat that the fast is over and uh, people are taking another you thought april was now next week is another holiday here which the whole week people are going <laughs> away to spend time with their families so yes rearing to go and nowhere to go you know mm. all dressed up and nowhere to go so uh, all good but you, know, but you are making a trip to sa soon when is that yes mid mid may mid may mid may yeah yeah so i'll be back there but look let's stop having these wishy-washy discussions because we're here to talk about your book <laughs> your book your book your book uh dangerous uh, is now out and uh yeah. if you've been listening to this podcast for a while you know i've been digging at eric because he's been threatening to launch this book forever i remember and before i before i give you the the stage eric because this is all about your book i remember listening to chris um what's his name from that band um I can't even remember his name or the band. That's terrible. But anyway, um, Chris from, <laughs> that's just such a tough man. Anyway, he made a huge hit. I mean, he's, he's had many hits. And um, he, I'll remember it halfway through the podcast and I'll interject you when you talk about your book and tell you about it. And uh, they were asking him about his hit that put him onto the world stage. And they said to him, 
So when did you decide to like, you know, release that song and tell us about it? And he says, that song's not finished. He says, mm. they're like, what do you mean? He says, I've been writing that song for eight years. Every time I revisit that song, I add to it, you know? Mm. And uh, they were like, no way. They were like, and, and he said, all artists never finish their work. And so with your book, you know, it wasn't good enough, but you needed to get better. You needed to fine tune it. I mean, there were so many things that you were, you're such a perfectionist. So very big congratulations that you've launched it. I know how Thank hard you. it is Thank to you. get these things mm. out there. And, uh, and it's a piece of art that will continue growing as and every time you read it and then want to add to it. So over to you. Tell us about your book. Tell us all about it and how it's broken down and what people will benefit from buying it. And, well, and by the way, please buy it, everybody. Please buy please it. Buy it. Please, please, please buy it. Take a look. Uh, Amazon, Audible. It's not an Audible yet, eh? No, no. I don't think I'm going to do Is Audible version. I don't know. I don't think so. Lazy, lazy shit. Lazy yeah. shit. Why yeah, not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, um, of the four books you've published, how many are on Audible at the moment? Three. No, man. Yeah. What's your moonshot? And foresight. All. Did you, did you, did you record them? Next? Yes, of course I did. Okay. And I'm going to do this next one because the other one was a co-author and Iraj and I couldn't get into the place together. So I just didn't uh, do okay. it, but I'm definitely doing this one. Oh man. I was hoping that you didn't record them and I had like a, a leg to stand <laughs> on. <laughs> no leg for you, my friend. No leg for you. <laughs> Listen, um, you don't, you can't sing like one of the songs from this, Chris, dude. You don't know what that, because uh, maybe I can help you there. I'm going to Google it while you're talking. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> yeah. Listen, so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy the book's finally out. It really has been uh, three years in the making. Um, yeah. To my defense, in somehow a pandemic did get in the way of me having a, a very clear direction in terms of the book coming out. Okay, okay. But I do think that the pandemic actually helped the book in that I think it's become even more timely and even more important for people uh, to read the book right now. So mm -hmm. to give listeners, like I'm not going to do like a, a big sort of like keynote type thing now. I wanted just to talk about it and you can ask me some questions about the book because um, you have some ideas yeah. about where we're going. So just dig in and just ask as I speak. Chris but Martin, Coldplay. Just wanted to say that. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, carry on. <laughs> so about three years ago, I was having this conversation with a client and uh, it was a very interesting conversation to me because it was this guy who was successful in every aspect of his life but yet he was telling me in this coaching conversation that you know he was waking up in the morning without energy without excitement without enthusiasm for the day and it was quite clear to me that he was in what we would call survival mode but he wasn't there physically physically he was like fine like monetarily he was fine physically health wealth all those things he was he was good at that the problem was he was in a mental sort of survival mode and you can be in a mental survival mode without physically being there um, or you can have both. But what I thought is that when I was looking at him, even though he's in survival mode, like that wasn't the cause, like survival mode was the symptom. And I wanted to figure out like, what was it that led him to being in survival mode? And I thought about it for a very long time lots of reflection, lots of journaling, lots of thinking about myself and how I was in survival mode at that time as well. And then one day it just kind of hit me that when I looked at him, the, the biggest thing that I was seeing was someone who was harmless, someone who'd kind of like, they lost their edge. They lost their bite. They lost the thing that made them formidable in the first place that got them to where they were. And I was like, that's it. Like he's harmless. That's like, that's what I'm seeing. And so 
we had this conversation and I said to him, well, you know, obviously we know you're in survival mode, but I want to also tell you, I think that you've become quite harmless, which is not a great thing to hear. Like no one wants to feel harmless. No one wants to be told you're harmless, but he took it on board and he was like, yes, I, that actually perfectly describes me. We spoke about it for a while. And then right towards the end of the session, I said to him, well, if you aren't going to be harmless, then what will you be? And he said, dangerous. And I remember the moment he said it, like, it was just like, it just resonated for me. It just like, it made sense. It was like, yes, of course. Like, I, I also want to be dangerous. Like that's a, it was just like the state of being effective, of being bold, of being focused, of being formidable, taking risks. And I was like, yes, like that is exactly what I want. And so since that day, I've been on this mission to figure out like, what does it mean to be dangerous? And the, the mission has taken me kind of all over the show, right? Like where it started, like when I had that initial sort of bout of adrenaline because of this idea, I remember converting it into a keynote very quickly. And my very first keynote about being dangerous was for Liberty. And I delivered this keynote for Liberty, got off the stage and I thought, geez, you've just become a motivational speaker. Like, well done. Like, this is like pure, like get on stage, rah, rah, make people feel good. And, and like, is that who you want to be? So I was like, no, I, I wanted to be more practical. I wanted to be like hard hitting philosophy, like practical ways of, of doing things. So I, I've been spending a lot of time thinking about that. How does it become more practical? I did coaching. Like I had spoke to writing coaches. I spoke to people like yourself to help me flesh out what is this idea? Like, what does it really mean to be dangerous? And then where I've come to, and I think where the book has ended is that I've come full circle to the place where the book really is a conversation between you and me about how you are showing up in your life and how you are showing up in your business. And the question that I'm posing to you is, are you being harmless or are you being dangerous? And if you are being harmless, what that means is that you are being ineffective against the different threats that are in your life. And we all have threats, threats that will prevent you from living up to your full potential, threats that might disrupt your business, threats that might uh, affect your health or your relationships. And so how you respond to these threats matter. If you're ineffective, you become the victim. And where do you end up? You end up in survival mode. But the alternative is that you get to be a threat to the threat, that you get to be a danger to the danger. And if you can do that, then you're dangerous. Like that's, that's how we can describe you. And ultimately, I think that's what the book is about, is to say, how are you showing up? And if you are being ineffective, if you aren't being dangerous, then how do you need to change so you can become more dangerous? How do you change how you think, feel, and act? Love it. Um, I've heard you say this a bunch of times and every time you fine tune it better. So that was really one of the best descriptions you've given to me about it and obviously to the listeners. But I want to ask you, well, firstly, um, it's being back footed and four footed, right? So being on the front foot is I'm, in, I'm dangerous mm. and being on the back foot, I'm, I'm just allowing things to happen to me and I'm, and, and I'm kind of like I'm a victim to it, right? Yeah. So my question is, because I think a lot of people are on the back foot, and including myself, including you, and like including everybody, actually, not mm. people, we find ourselves harmless in, in some aspects of our lives without even realizing we become harmless. Like we fall into a pattern of 
anxiousness or fear or, or insecurity or, and, and a big one is often people don't want to go out. Like I went to Thailand by myself and other people were like, how do you go by yourself? Like, geez, how do you do that? Like they're being they, like, they don't know how to actually even engage and have a meal mm. by yourself, you know? Um, how do, firstly, how do people get there and how do you identify that you're there? Because I don't think many people even know that they're there. I think that's, that's the real yeah. trick. So what would your mm. tips be around that? Yeah, I think you you hit the nail on the head in that survival mode can be invisible. And even like when I was speaking to this client of mine, right? Um, well, let me let me backtrack. When you are, you get to survival mode in two different ways. One is through threats of complacency. So what happens is that for this client of mine, everything is going well. You are progressing in life. You become quite cushy. Uh, you become quite comfortable. And so as a result it dulls your skill, your ambition, your drive, your thinking, your growth, your appetite for risk. And so you just kind of slide your way into survival mode. And again, you don't realize it because externally things are actually going quite okay for you. But then the other one would be that we have these big threats that just kind of knock us back, right? Like the external, the environmental threats. And this is something like COVID, for example, or this is something like a competitor opening up next to your business. Like this is something very real that's on the outside. And when that happens, I think it's, there's a more visceral reaction to that threat. And you actually realize, wow, like, okay, cash flow isn't what it's supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. yeah like, yeah. so you are a lot more aware of, of what happened there. Um, once you are in survival mode, like I, I like your back foot, front foot thing. Partly how I think about that is that um, it's, it's very, it's very, very difficult to escape survival mode because it, it becomes such a habitualized thing. You know, like when I, in the book and even my keynotes, I always say, it's okay to find yourself in survival mode because we all go there. Like I, I might be there in the morning and out of it in the afternoon and then in it on Monday, out of it on Tuesday, back in it on Wednesday. Like that's how it feels to me very often, you know, like yeah, you're playing right. skip rope with, with survival mode. Mm. Mm. And what I often say to them is like, it's, it's okay to, to be there. It's just not okay to stay there. Like you have to put the intention to get out of it. You have to do something about it. But, but saying that is easy and shifting out of survival mode is really, really difficult. So I think of it from like minus one to zero and zero to one. So if zero is life is good, it's like in a neutral state, but it's like, it's good. Things aren't like panicking me out. Then I think it's much easier to go from zero to one where you go from like good to great Versus yep. going from minus one to zero, which is from survival mode to like, okay, I'm just out of it. Um, but the very first step is going to be that you have to bring your attention to whether you want survival mode or not. Physically, it's easy to tell from a mental point of view, what you might look at is, are you operating from a place of frustration, fear, and anxiety? Um, are you always reactive? So like, you're not preparing for tomorrow. You're not being proactive. You're not trying to get onto the front foot. You literally are just standing back on, on to the back foot. And then the third thing is that the things we do in survival mode, keep us in survival mode. Because if you think about it, if you are always reactive, it means you go through your day, just being reactive, not doing anything that's going to improve you for tomorrow. And then nighttime rolls around for the first time you become idle. What happens is your brain fires up and you get into a state of frustration, fear, and anxiety. What happens? It gives two distortions, distortion of severity, distortion of probability. Distortion of probability says that things are likely to go wrong. Distortion of severity says that when they go wrong, it's going to be catastrophic. And so yeah. you're lying in bed, like 
you think about the smallest challenge you have, it just like steamrolls out of control. Yeah. That's anxiety, frustration, fear. What does that do tomorrow morning when you wake up? Reactive, 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 reactive. And yeah. so you get stuck. Like there's no growth. There's no taking risk. There's no doing something that's going to help you move beyond that state. Wow. Sure. You know, um, I, you, you, I think we're all going through this stuff. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, right now, especially in the world, there's so much of this. Look, I, I, I read a book a while back called King Magician, uh, Lover, Warrior. Warrior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it's the archetypes that men have. And these archetypes fall into the shadow or into the light, right? So you can be a warrior both on the on the right side or the wrong side. Mm. And dangerous often can be seen, not often, but sometimes can be seen as a word that shouldn't be used because it has a connotation of it being negative in some ways. But there's okay. definitely a way for us to be a warrior. And this is where I'm like, now that I'm listening to you, it feels like okay, being dangerous is being a warrior and a king combined, but being in the mm. light side of danger, I mean, of light side of the king and the warrior, because... As a warrior that is on the dark side, you're manipulative and you're fighting for your own selfish ways. Whereas in the light side, you are building for the community. You are protecting. You are in a different like range of consciousness. Mm. And, and it sounds like becoming dangerous is a decision that we need to make once we become aware of a feeling of helplessness. And I think that's what I find sometimes... I find myself helpless in some aspects of my life. And I'm like, hang on a second. Why am I feeling helpless about something? I want to engage with the archetype of warrior. And then I go into a meditation around it. And then I I actually force myself into a space of warrior. And the minute that thought again comes back into my mind, I'm like, ah, don't go there. No, no, no. You're actually in warrior Mm. mode now. So you move Mm. into warrior mode. And you know that that thought will come back to you two, three, four more times. And every time it comes, you're like, ah, I'm in warrior mode. And it's gone. So it's almost like you have to increment, first become aware, second, call on the archetype of dangerous, call on that characteristic. And then every time it revisits, remind yourself what you're doing and how you're doing it. And then eventually that behavior becomes a new pattern that you're resetting. But I think Mm. how you're describing it is beautiful because this pattern of anxiousness and frustration and severity and what was the other one? Severity and possibility. Uh, Probability. Probability. Those two are hectic, eh? Because... They can really catch you off guard, yeah. eh? Jeez, they can take you down a rabbit hole of notes. And, and if you don't catch it, you can live down that rabbit hole. That's it. And, and the moment you know about it, that it becomes your responsibility to catch it. And yes. it's actually, it's phenomenal. Um, you know, once a lot of psychological ideas, like just knowing the idea is enough yeah. for you to implement it. You don't need to go down many like uh, yeah, layers yeah. of theory. Yeah. And like, you know, being in survival mode, the many times that I find myself there, yeah. it's like um, I've caught myself over and over and over catastrophizing, like things just yeah. blowing up. I'm like, oh, what you're doing is just like, it's just, this is natural. Like, of course, this is going to happen, but don't do it. Like shift your state. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the thing about this idea, I'm glad you brought up the, fa- the fact that the word is a bit uh, provocative and that it's, you know, we have different mm-hmm. contexts for it. Because mm-hmm. on the one hand, where this idea originated is the idea that we have to go from survival mode to being dangerous, from harmless to dangerous, from playing not to lose to playing to win. So like there's a clear mm-hmm. shift, like, okay, I'm, I'm stuck in survival mode. I need to escape. But there's a, another dimension to it, which is also that when you look at the world's top performers, you know, you see Tiger Woods in his heyday, 
he walks onto the golf course, we say he's dangerous. Like we see the all blacks run out. We say they're dangerous. Yeah. We see, yeah. you know, a, a new company launch. We say they're dangerous. Yeah. And what we mean by that isn't that they're going to harm you in any way. It means that they have a specific level of skill, of experience, a way of looking at the game uh, that makes them formidable the in that domain. You. you know? No, no, well, yeah, yeah. In, in, yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I know exactly what you mean. But you, yeah. but you get the gist. And, yeah, and, and that's partly what I was like saying, well, if you look at that, whether you're looking at survival mode or whether you're looking at someone who's at the top of their game, the same thing applies here, that there's a pattern of thinking, feeling, and acting that you can embody that's going to either lead you to survival mode or lead you to being dangerous. Yeah. And I was like, well, what does that pattern look like? Yes. Um, did you ever watch The Queen's Gambit? Yes. Did you? So there's yeah. that one scene. Um, it's, it's definitely one of my favorite series that I've watched in the past few years. But there's that one scene where, so for, for those who don't know, this is about a, this chess prodigy that plays a way through the chess world and, um, I won't give you any spoilers, but in the scene, she's sitting down and then like, it's in this big hall and the audience is on the side and walking towards her is this sort of elderly man, but like very elegant. And you can see like he, he has a gravitas to him. And this guy has been playing chess since before she was born. He's been winning yeah. uh, tournaments since before she was born. He's a grandmaster. Yeah. And so he's walking towards her and the commentator says she has to be very careful of him because once he gets into an attacking position, he's very dangerous. Mm. And like, no one is thinking he's going to harm her. Like no one's thinking he's going to reach yeah, across yeah, the yeah. chessboard and hit right, her. Right, we right. all know that he has a certain level of experience of skill of looking at the game, uh, a way of seeing the patterns emerge that makes him formidable. And the best part mm. is that she beats him. So what does that tell you? Like if he's dangerous and she beats him, it means that she's more dangerous. She like, she has the skill, the intellect, the wit to match and overcome that. So that's a big part of what the book is also about. So the first part is essentially a, a call to danger is like, I'm trying to entice you to say like, be dangerous, like embrace this, this way of, of thinking and living about the world. And then the second part is to say, here's how to be dangerous. And the how to be dangerous part is, well, let's take those three human capacities, thinking, feeling, and acting, and let's unpack how you configure those so you can be dangerous. Okay, so can you take us through maybe some uh, ideas of where the book's going to be, when the launches are happening? Because I yeah. want to, I mean, you're not going to go into unpacking all of those. We're already nearly time up, but... And I, and I definitely want to hear them. And I think maybe we should do another uh, podcast on it because I think unpacking that thinking, feeling, was it thinking, be, feeling, behaving? Thinking, feeling, acting, yeah. Acting. I think yeah. those would be a great podcast on their own because I think there's mm. a lot of rich content there. But tell us more about the book, where it's at, when's it available, when should people buy it, yeah. when are you going to so, be a bestseller? Yes, please. Uh, so you should go buy this book immediately. Like when you hear this, go immediately and buy this book. And <laughs> <laughs> Is that the whole strategy? There, there's no now. delay. Buy it now. Um, and, and <laughs> depending on when you're listening to this, um, Loot actually has like an amazing, amazing offer, like during my launch period, where they're selling the book for 130 bucks compared to 195. So just go there and just buy lots and lots of copies. Um, could could one people the, give them? Yeah, yeah, you can, you can. And can you but, buy them for corporates? For yeah, like you, you definitely can. You definitely can. Yeah, yeah. and maybe like yeah. year-end functions. 
And uh, I mean, it's an incredible deal. And if you are buying more than 50 books, then also just get in touch with me because we can sweeten the deal even more, you know? Sweeten it. You, of, could, you could sign them. You could, you know? Sign what them. Else could you do? Speak at Did events. You spray your aftershave on them. <laughs> for, for special orders. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell your wife we said that. Don't tell your wife. Okay. So, um, um, you know, one thing I just want to mention is that the way that the book was written is that I want it to be easily consumed. So like the book is quite yeah. small. You should be able to read yeah. it in about two hours. And it was meant as almost like a field guide of sorts. Like mm-hmm. I, I want you to get to the execution part of being dangerous as quickly as possible. Yes, so yes, yes, um, yeah, the book will be available in all good bookstores. You'll be able to get it on Amazon, on Loot, on Take A Lot, exclusive books. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much like... I haven't seen you share any pictures on Instagram about you and exclusive books. Have yeah, I've been. Look for it? I haven't, um, because everything is happening for me from from like next week. So like when this podcast airs, uh, um, that's yes. when the book officially in my head comes out. So like, I've been. And tell us about the launches. So there's one launch happening uh, on the fourth of May uh, at Exclusive Books, Sandton City. Books. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> Yeah, I had and to memorize it when I did that video for you on Instagram. I was, like, <laughs> it? It? I was quite no, impressed. No, I was quite impressed. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, we're also doing a virtual launch. I'm still confirming that, but it's going to be the week after after the week that this airs. Um, so the 9th of May. Yes. Well, look, I, I wish you all the best. I, I know how hard this process is. I know how vulnerable you have to be out to, to hope that, it, you know, I know, I know the story. Yeah. Know? So it's a big one. Uh, my book comes out in uh, six weeks or so. So I know exactly the scenario. We'll be doing this again in a little while. So I wish you all the best with it. I hope it cracks all the, the lists that you wanted to crack. Mm. I hope it changes a lot of lives. Thank you. Thank you. I hope a lot of corporates buy it. And uh, everybody listening to this, uh, please go and support Eric, uh, all this work that he's put into it for 130 Rand, which is, Ten dollars. I mean, come on. That's like, yeah, it's not less even than fair. $10. That's not yeah. even fair, man. That's yeah, not yeah. even fair for the amount of work. Anyway, so congratulations. Thanks for Thank joining you. us here on the expansive today. Remember to connect with us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. You can follow myself and Eric as well as the Expansive Business Podcast, where we share news, updates, and episode highlights. If you're interested in booking Eric and I to speak at your event, please visit our website, theexpansive.com. Until next week, take care and have an expansive week.